Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Friday, December the 30th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday NHL card. Uh, and it is great to have Alex back, uh, even though I, I will say, um, the odd time I get to do a solo show, people say, Ian, you know, it's too much work. You got to talk all that time. How do you do it? How do you pull it off? Uh, I enjoy it. I honestly do. I don't. I have no issues ever doing a show on my own because I know I'm going to find enough to say about every game, especially on a loaded card like yesterday to fill up 60 minutes or 90 minutes in that case yesterday without uh, someone along for the ride. So I don't mind it. And I appreciate the kind words uh, and the feedback for yesterday's show. Appreciate it very much. But that being said, it is great to have Alex B. Smith back uh, here with us on a, a Friday uh, edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Alex, uh, first of all, you know, how are how's the holidays going? And second of all, last night, because uh, we're talking a little bit about last night, how did it go for you and some observations from the uh, Thursday slate? Yeah, well, it's nice to be back on the show with every, with you and, and, and everybody and not having to deal with uh, plumbing issues, which that. Uh, and Alex appears to not only be dealing with plumbing issues, but connection issues right now or, or stream yard issues or maybe a little bit of both. But uh, we just lost Alex right in the middle of what he was saying there. But we got him back. There he is. All right. Continue. Never a dull moment in this house. Uh, so, <laughs> but I had a couple of days off dealing with some, some issues in, in, the, in the house. But uh, last night was not a good betting night for me, which was kind of the first one in a while. I mean, uh, the, the top plays I like the most St. Louis first period puck line. I mean, we've all been kind of fading the Hawks in that spot. Hawks actually came out with a lot of energy in, in that first period. Patrick Kane getting the power play goal, uh, tying it up. That kind of ruined things. But St. Louis had tons of chances in that contest, and that was not really the cleanest of wins for them, to be honest. Three one. I mean, you look at the uh, you know just look at the, the standard box score. It looks like okay, fine. You know, Hawks did you know kind of laid an egg late. Hawks actually played with a lot more energy in that sixty minute contest. Uh, Alex Stalock with another solid performance. Uh, you know, this is a guy now we got to definitely kind of rank up and, and, you know, it hasn't been officially said that he's the number one goalie, but I mean, it's pretty much, I think we all can kind of say he is definitely the starter. If you, if you needed to win a game, he's the guy that's going to be in, in net for you right now. So it's great to see, uh, just for him, certainly from a physical uh, standpoint, you know, being out with a concussion for a while, and this is not his first concussion to come back and play good, you know, get the win against Columbus, look good, albeit in a losing effort against St. Louis. So that's something to keep an eye on. The Hawks are still a pesky team, and they're still worth uh, looking at. Uh, sometimes I took a live shot with them at plus 185 at the end of the first period. I thought that was a, a decent bet. Didn't come through. But the, the energy and effort is there. And St. Louis, you know, they're still going to be one of those teams. When you're looking at how Dallas is playing, Minnesota's playing better, uh, you know, Winnipeg, Colorado, of course, you know, once they get healthy, they're juggernaut. St. Louis does not seem like a team that's going to make the playoffs. In my, in my eyes. I said at the beginning of the year, I know a lot of people uh, were kind of re resistant against that, and, and that's just the way I see it now. These games where they should be dominating and playing full 60-minute efforts and putting away bad teams, they just aren't doing it right now. So that was the biggest takeaway for me uh, in watching that whole game. Also had the Rangers uh, plus 125 against the Lightning, got the closing line value that I wanted, but that was just a, a tight game, a, a playoff-style game. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky got the start again, and that's something you know we talked about in shows before where these back-to-back -back spots, especially with days of rest coming in, can't always assume that, oh, Vasilevsky started one night, the Elliot, Elliot's going the next. Vasilevsky yep. uh, played his tail off in that game. Both goalies played their, their tails off and ended up going 2-1 in a shootout. You can't get too mad about losing uh, a, a shootout when both teams rack 46 shots on goal regulation and it goes six rounds. I mean, it's, it's literally a coin flip at that point. So uh, it just didn't go my way last night, but uh, that was a, an interesting game. And, you know, the two teams that, like I said, we always talk about that revenge, the first meeting after the playoffs where they had that opening night, you could still tell there's animosity and there's definitely, you know, uh, a, a bit of a rivalry brewing there. We love love to see both of those teams meet up again in the playoffs this year uh, to kind of build that momentum. Obviously, the Rangers want to get to the point where Tampa Bay has been the last three years. So uh, a, a fun contest to watch. And like I said, even the Blues-Blackhawks game for 
two teams that probably won't be doing anything uh, past April. Uh, another interesting game to watch. And, of course, the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, what is it about, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs where they just can't find a way to beat this team? You know, we talk about it all the time. It doesn't matter, you know, how many changes the lineups, how many changes in venue, home or road. Some teams just struggle against other teams, and that's just clearly the case with with, with Toronto. Uh, losing 6-3, to three, having a 3-2 lead and, and completely blowing it. And, you know, I know a lot of uh, Coyotes fans are probably saying, hey, Austin Matthews, if you can't beat us, join us in a couple of years when you're done in uh, Toronto. Uh, so, that's something to, to definitely keep an eye on in Toronto, you know, losing games that they should easily be winning. That's still a trend though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great points from the uh, uh, slate last night. Uh, a lot of, like I, uh, a lot of good, th- actually it was actually, it, it was, there's a weird night. I started out very well uh, with the early games from a betting standpoint last night. And then there were the next wave of games that things weren't necessarily going well for a little bit there. Uh, and then things turned around late where we got Arizona, as you mentioned, beating Toronto. Uh, that was good. I had Arizona money line, the over in that game. Both of those cashed in. And you mentioned it. You're right. Toronto, they just have a hard time with Arizona. They've now lost four in a row, believe it or not, to the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And Arizona continues to play with this great level of confidence and enthusiasm and energy at the mullet. You know, you have to admit that home venue for them, they yep. have consistently brought a solid effort to the table. And, and you definitely have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, for that, and uh, they get the job done again last night against Toronto in that game. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers beat Detroit six to three. Uh, that was a good. Res- I, I did take a shot with Detroit first period money line. That uh, that one fell short, obviously, but the Buffalo team total over and the full game over cashed in that game as the Sabers offense explodes against uh, Alex Nedeljkovic in the uh, second period uh, of that uh, game. Or actually, it was Helberg, sorry, in net last night for uh, Detroit. Uh, and they ended up with a, a big explosion offensively uh, in the second period and were able to uh, get the victory in that game uh, over the uh, Red Wings. Uh, we also saw the uh, Florida Panthers 7-2. to two. How about a first-period hat-trick for Alexander Barkov? Welcome back to the lineup. And, you know, and a Florida first-period puck line worked out for me. Uh, I took that thinking that they're going to come out strong. And, look, the, everybody was talking about it. Paul Maurice, Matthew Kachuk, Aaron Ekblad, Barkov – our playoff start tonight was the sentiment with the Florida Panthers because they're on the outside looking in. They did not play well before the Christmas break. They said, if we're going to get on a roll and turn our season around, it has to begin now. And they came out with that level of intensity last night against Montreal, uh, and they got that 7-2 to victory, albeit against, like I said, an AHL blue line. That's essentially what the Montreal Canadiens have right now at their disposal. Uh, Alex talked about the Tampa win two to one. How about the Ottawa Senators? Nice comeback, four three win against Washington um, in that game. They deserved the win. They actually heavily outshot, outplayed Washington. Kemper was uh, really good in net, and finally Ottawa broke through. Pinto had a tying goal. Batherson was good again to bring it with an excellent game. Uh, definitely, all the big guns stepped up for the Senators in that one. Islanders beat the Jackets two one. Dallas with a nice four to one win uh, on the road at Minnesota. Uh, cooling off what had been a very uh, strong and surging team from the uh, Minnesota Wild lately, playing very good hockey. Winnipeg 4-2 against Vancouver. Uh, I took a shot t- buying in on Canucks, improving a bit the last few games, but uh, they lose 4-2 to the uh, Jets last night. And a hat-trick for Mark Shifley, who continues to have a very good season for them. Uh, we saw Philadelphia uh, come back to beat San Jose 4-3. I enjoyed that result. I ended up getting in on the Flyers as an underdog, just not buying the Sharks laying that kind of price and the over. I figured it would be, you know, both teams were trending over. You'd get kind of a looser uh, type of game. Uh, and that's exactly what we saw uh, between uh, those two teams. So I would definitely like that result. Credit to uh, Alex, who liked the uh, first period over uh, in that uh, Flyers and Sharks game uh, as well. Uh, that was good to see. No question about that. Uh, that, uh, Flyers and over result was good. And of course, my favorite game of the night because it was the best bet on the show. It was the Los Angeles Kings plus 130 uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. And it wasn't looking good at the going into the third, down four to two. Give the Avalanche credit. They fell behind twice, took the lead 4-2, and then it was up to the Kings to rally. And rally they did. Uh, a great result. No question about that for the LA Kings. Great resolve in the third period. They get the uh, power play goal early in the third, which was critical to L.A. coming back and winning that game. That made it 4-3. Alex Ayafalo with the goal. 
We swept all the Iafalo props we liked on the show yesterday. I mentioned Alex Iafalo is that guy, a player you want to be riding player props with game in and game out right now. He's scoring in multiple games in a row. You're still getting plus 300 or more with those goal props of his. You're getting a plus price with him just to get a point right now. And you could take advantage of that last night. And the power play point, which I ended up taking a shot with, plus 625 on that. Uh, 620, I should say. And it ends up coming through as well. So just terrific to sweep the uh, uh, follow props and just keep looking in that direction, I think, with the LA Kings moving forward. And then, of course, they get the win in the shootout, 5-4. So great stuff from the L.A. Kings. They're starting to play better hockey. And look, Colorado, for me, is still, until they get everybody back, you know, it, it to me, it's they're a tough team to back right now. You know, and you're seeing that. McKinnon's still out. Uh, Manson still out on the blue line. Nachushkin, they got him back, and now he's hurt again. Uh, just a lot of injuries right now for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and they're having a hard time a much harder time winning hockey games with all those injuries that they are currently dealing with. All right. So that was last night. Let's turn our attention to Friday night where we have four games in NHL action. And we will start with Nashville taking on Anaheim Nashville minus minus one seventy uh, road favorites, six, the total note, the start time here, five o'clock PM Eastern time, 2 PM Pacific time. So this is an earlier start time here with the predators and the ducks a late afternoon affair on the East Coast, early afternoon game uh, on the West Coast. Uh, Anaheim with a 3-2 to two win against Vegas in a shootout on Wednesday night. First of all, there's two things we need to, th- to clarify about that win. Number one is Vegas is beaten up to shit right now. They are riddled with injuries. That There's no doubt Vegas not being at full strength, I think, kind of perpetuated that win for Anaheim. And second of all, it was just one of those... I call it, Alex, one of those John Gibson ratio games. So what do I mean by that? John Gibson ratio games? That's his one out of every 10 where he's awesome. You know, and that's basically the kind of ratio that you get from John Gibson. You know, he's struggled mightily the last couple of seasons. He's not been helped out, obviously, by a weak defense in front of him. But every now and then, he has that one game every five or every 10 where he turns back the clock and he just has a spectacular performance in net. And he absolutely did uh, in that shootout uh, victory uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights on Wednesday. Uh, And that was uh, the difference uh, in the end. And Vegas just couldn't bury their chances. I mean, 51-27 were the shots in favor of the Golden Knights. But it was a great performance from uh, Gibson. Uh, Plus the fact that the two goals early in the game that Anaheim scored, both courtesy of Adam Henrique, Rico, uh, as they call him, uh, you know, They could have been stopped by Aiden Hill, who ended up getting pulled right after the second goal went in, and Logan Thompson uh, ended up replacing him. So it was a tough, it was Anaheim won, but it was not really wow, Anaheim dominated. What a performance. Very impressive. No, they just relied on their goaltender to bail them out uh, in that game, something Gibson has not done routinely. Can they follow it up here? I ain't falling for that trap again. How many times do we look at a game with Anaheim and say, okay, they beat Carolina? Okay, they beat. Vegas two nights ago. And how many times do they follow it up with laying an egg? We've seen it too many times. I mean, the Carolina game stands out from weeks ago. You think maybe they can use a win against a very good Hurricanes team to get their season back on track. They proceeded to come back the very next game at home against San Jose, and they got whipped 6-1. to So I, I can't trust this team, quite honestly, to put two very good performances in a row together. Um, and so I'm, I don't want Anaheim here. That being said, here's Nashville rolling into this game at 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They have won four straight against Anaheim, but their current form is miserable right now. 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. The only victories were Chicago, which isn't saying much, and Edmonton in overtime, you know, with Jack Campbell in net that night as well. So they didn't get the guy in net that was obviously uh, been playing a lot better lately here uh, for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, there's no question in my mind here that uh, – I'm not trusting Nashville laying a buck seventy, which has me firmly in the pass category uh, when it comes to uh, this game. I'm not on the side. The total could go either way. Nashville's still not exactly lighting the lamp consistently, held the two goals in each of their last two losses against the Stars and the Avs. Uh, both of those games end up staying under the total. Uh, so it ends up being just a clear pass for me. Three of the last four head-to-head meetings as, as, as well between these two teams have stayed under the total. And it is worth noting Anaheim, believe it or not, is on a 4-0 under streak as well uh, going into uh, this game. We don't have goalies confirmed. 
Uh, we don't know if they'll give Gibson another chance because he was so excellent against Vegas or if it'll be back to a Lucas a Dostal who's played more good than bad since he's been in there. And we expect Soros for Nashville, but goalie's not confirmed as of yet. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Nashville, Anaheim. Yeah, like I said, this is an odd start time, and I couldn't figure out why this is the case other than uh, you know Nashville having to go play another day game. Of course, there's a lot of day games tomorrow being New Year's Eve. So that's the, the early start time. That's just kind of odd, especially in the West Coast in the middle of the week. So you wonder how the teams are going to respond to that. But that being said, like you said, no, no way you're going to lay a price with Nashville, even a regulation. Uh, I can't lay a price with this Nashville team right now in Anaheim. Uh, can you remember the last time I backed them at like the beginning of the season, basically? So this is one definitely would attack live. I like the first period over here. I'm seeing it as low as $1.33, but I want to get a better price live. I think we can hang out and, and, and wait and get in-game a plus price with that first period over and see that cash in. Because like you said, if it is Gibson, you know, he's been turning in more bad starts than good. And Dostal, somebody mentioned in the chat, yeah, he's he's a gritty goaltender, but I think he's still got some flaws. Nashville's goaltending hasn't been that great, whether it's Soros or Lincoln. And they've played better than they did at the beginning of the year, but that's still not a, a tandem to write home with. So either of the four goalie combinations you get here, I still would like the first period over, but grab a plus price in-game as opposed to betting it pregame. Yeah, no question. Uh, definitely some uh, options that you can consider there, maybe live. The better way to uh, go in this one. I want to mention um, Mason McTavish has scored in two of the last three games and two points in the last three games for Anaheim. He's starting to get it going. And remember, this is his first full season in the National Hockey League. So, you know, it's not always going to click right away for a very talented young hockey player. But we're starting to see it with uh, Mason McTavish right now. And Dallas Akins is giving him more opportunity as a result, too. He's going to get power play one, uh, the top power play unit, it looks like, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, going into this game. And it's also worth noting, too, with uh, Mason McTavish, uh, his goal prop, it's very value-laden, in my opinion. You can get uh, him to score a goal at a pretty uh, solid price uh, in this game. Uh, you could get his point prop at plus 110, you know, just to get a point. You know, very reasonable, in my opinion. Or pl Yeah, plus 110 for uh, McTavish to get a point uh, in this game for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And the power play point prop is worth probably a look, too, if you can find books that uh, offer them. Uh, yeah, goal prop is around plus 365. That's the best price with those. Plus 110 to get a point. The power play point, plus 230. And again, one of his points in the recent game came with the man advantage. So definitely some good options here with Mason McTavish props, getting more opportunity, starting to uh, light the lamp a little bit. So if there's anything I'd bet in this game, that would be it. Uh, Mason McTavish player props uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. All right, New Jersey and Pittsburgh. Man, is this game fascinating. We've got minus 110 here, even money both sides. Uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, we'll have to uh, see how it plays out because you've got the New Jersey Devils struggling mightily uh, right now. Uh, they have cooled off big time since that uh, crazy run that they went on that surged them all the way to right near the top of the Eastern Conference standings. And now here they are just one and eight uh, in their last nine games. Uh, they have not gotten both elements of their game clicking. The power play has kind of cooled off. Penalty kill has struggled. Uh, the defensive side of their game hasn't been as good. And they've stopped scoring at the level they were earlier this season. You go back and you look at New Jersey's last uh, seven games entering tonight. One, one, two, one. Four, they, that's their high water mark when they beat Florida, and then three, and then one uh, goal scored in the last seven games. And back-to-back -back losses against Boston. So, again, Bruins are obviously one of the best teams in the NHL. You can't fault New Jersey too much for that. But just there's so many elements of their game that are just not clicking right now uh, at the moment for the New Jersey Devils. And you know what's unfortunate for them is their injuries are mounting a little bit for this team, uh, especially on the blue line. John Marino. Ryan Graves, two young defensemen that are pretty solid, uh, placed on injured reserve uh, for the New Jersey Devils. It's not going to make that uh, ability to get out of the uh, skid that they're in uh, any easier. Uh, so you're going to have to rely on a lot more youth back there, especially that third pair. Yeah, Nikita Okochuk and Kevin Ball. I mean, those are guys that have just been recently called up, and they're formulating your third defensive pair right now for the Devils. Uh, you're going to need more from Brendan Smith and Damon Severson, two veterans 
Uh, Siegenthaler's moved up to play with Dougie Hamilton on the blue line. So it just means that it's a little bit more of a trying time for that New Jersey defense, which means they need probably some other guys to step up. They need to get their offense going because I think they're going to continue to give up some goals with the uh, defensive issues and the shorthanded blue line that they're dealing with. They need their offense to step up because this was not supposed to be a problem for New Jersey. The thing we were supposed to be able to bank on with them was scoring goals and lighting it up, you know, more often than not. And we have just not seen that consistently other than maybe Jack Hughes, you know, for the last uh, several games. He's been really good, but you haven't always gotten Heeshear going. Uh, Brat has been up and down all over the place, very streaky. Mercer's cooled off. You know, the Miles Wood McLeod group, which was really chipping in offense during the great run that they were on, they've cooled off significantly uh, of late. So they need the depth forwards to step up here right now for the uh, Devils. It looks like Lindy Ruff's going to make some changes with the lines. They're sending Fabian Zetterlin down to the fourth line. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did it take this long for that to happen? He has been on that top line for a very long period of time. And they have he has just not taken advantage of that opportunity at all. And, and so I figured at some point they got to take him off that top line. He's not producing. He has one point, Fabe Zetterlin, uh, in the last 10 games for the New Jersey Devils on that top line, playing on that top line as well. So this is the right move. I'm just shocked it took this long for it to happen. So he gets sent down to the top line. It looks like Jesper Bratt is going to go up to the top line for the Devils tonight. He might be worth a look in terms of the prop market. Uh, for New Jersey tonight. Mercer is going to go up to the second line. Same with him. He might be worth a look. He's cooled off as well, but he's going to move up to a top six role tonight uh, for the New Jersey Devils in this game. So there's some prop looks I would look at. So that's New Jersey's side of the story. Pittsburgh's side of the story is just as worrisome right now. I mean, we were talking, remember we were just a week ago, Alex, you and I were singing this team's praises and look how good they're playing. Look at how things are just coming along for them. But then they suffered that loss right before the break against Carolina. They had a 3-2 lead in the third, couldn't hold it. And then they end up losing in overtime to the Hurricanes. Tough loss going into the break. They have not rebounded coming out of the break. Mike Sullivan said it about that 5-1 loss to the Islanders. It was as listless a performance as you've ever seen from the Pittsburgh Penguins. He said it was our worst game of the year. You're supposed to respond after a game like that. Well, they did, actually. Early in the game, they did. 4-0 lead against the Detroit Red Wings. You are supposed to win that game. When you've come out to a 4-0 lead on your home ice after your worst performance of the season, you're supposed to wrap that shit up and close the deal. And they could not do it. And that is a horrible loss. If you thought the Islander loss was bad, it was probably even worse, giving up a 4-0 lead to Detroit, losing 5-4 in overtime on the Jake Wallman viral goal with the gritty uh, celebration, which is one of the best things I've seen in a very long time, honestly, uh, in the NHL. Do you know how hard it is to do the gritty on shoes on, on a floor surface? Could you imagine doing it on skates like that uh, on the ice? I mean, you gotta give Wallman a ton of credit for that, but that there's every, that had every, that deserved it going viral. That video, it was, inc I loved it. One of the better celebrations to a goal that you'll see. Yeah. Ken Daniels nailed the call of that great moment, that great goal for the Detroit Red Wings on their broadcast. It was a great moment, except if you're a Penguin fan or you're anyone associated with the Penguins. And here's Sullivan snapping at the media a little bit after that loss. Things are a little – there's a sense that there's things not right at the moment with the Penguins. The things are coming – unraveling a bit for this group. And now they lose Chris Letang. He's injured. Uh, another loss on the blue line. They're already without Petrie. They're already without Ruedel. Two more starting defensemen that are injured. That's concerning moving forward. Um, so shorthanded blue line, Tristan Jari in net for Pittsburgh, Vitek Vanacek for uh, New Jersey. I think the stunning thing, Alex, is that the Pittsburgh team, the last few games, and Sullivan's talked about it, especially in the last three losses, they've lost their way defensively, and clearly they have. They've given up 14 goals in the last three games combined, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So I don't trust New Jersey. I don't know if I'm ready to trust Pittsburgh right now. If you ask me, it's it's who you trust, distrust the least, I guess you can say, in a game like this. I lean Pittsburgh. I do. They're at home. They still have a very good home record overall this year. I think their issues are correctable. They just got to bear down and just defend leads better, not you know give up those quality looks, those quality chances. They've got to just – and we know they can do it. 
They've spent a large part of this season doing very well defensively and protecting leads and doing a great job with that. It just hasn't been that way lately. I definitely would take Pittsburgh before I take New Jersey, but I don't love it uh, back in either side in this game. Just a slight lean to Pittsburgh. I might play the over, honestly, if anything, in this game, six and a half. Because it seems like New Jersey's more looking at fixing their offense, getting it going. They know they've got to start scoring more goals. And look, Pittsburgh's had an issue defending lately. Pittsburgh has not had issues, though, scoring goals on home ice. And if you actually look at their home games lately, Pittsburgh, 5-4 with Detroit, 4-3 with Carolina, you know, a couple of overs in a row on home ice uh, in their last uh, three games. So I think the over is something I might get involved with more than the side in this one. What do you think, Alex, New Jersey and Pittsburgh? Yeah, you know, I mean, Rome isn't falling right now in Pittsburgh, and I think people have to kind of relax a little bit. Yes, okay, Chris Letang's hurt. Chris Letang's been hurt often. Uh, that's, a, you know, something you can get over. Some of the other blue liners, you know, missing cluster injuries, that that is a bigger, a bigger part of a deal. But this is a team that has played well, uh, exceeded my expectations. I thought this would be a team that would be kind of middle of the road or, or worse at this point of the of the year. And, and you're going to have teams, you know, take tumbles and, and lose a few games in a row. Same thing with New Jersey. We talked about how, you know, New Jersey fans can't go and hit the panic button once again uh, after you've been on such a, a hot run. But, uh, you know, this is a matchup where these are two teams that really need two points against one another. It should be a, a good contested game. There's a reason why this is a, a pick em line. And I'm grateful that I grabbed New Jersey this morning. I got plus 107 at bet online uh, around 8 38 45 that number is now moved to you know a dollar 10 we're seeing you know true pick them numbers uh pretty much everywhere so i got the better of the number that doesn't necessarily mean if that's going to be a, a victory lockdown but i i feel more comfortable in new jersey turning in a solid performance on the road in this matchup head-to-head road team has won the last four meetings uh also pittsburgh has won seven of the last nine overall i just think that pittsburgh yeah they've got issues they're going to work them out over time but they may not get them corrected within the next 60 minutes of play here in this game tonight so i'm i'm with new jersey uh as a plus price and if you can grab maybe grab a plus price in game i mean 110 is not you know the worst thing in the world to lay but uh anything higher than that i would say probably look for something in game yeah all right so alex looking at the el diablo here the uh, devils in this one i'm leaning over the total there's probably some props like i said brat and mercer are interesting because they're moving up they're going to get more opportunity more minutes top six forward roll up to the top line for brat second line for uh, mercer uh, on the pittsburgh side of things uh, yeah there you go i like melissa's comments of course she's a penguins fan sid shaved the mustache that's gonna get them going you're right that's absolutely gonna get them going uh, shaving uh, that a uh, mustache uh, no, t- <laughs> but hey, maybe you know hockey players are superstitious, no doubt. You know what's a shame though? He shaved the first decent mustache he's ever had. You know, most of his mustaches are there's barely a couple wisps of hair. You know, above uh, on uh, you know, above the lip there. You know that that that's the problem. But uh, he finally had a decent one, and now he's getting rid of it. Uh, trying to shake things up. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we'll see if uh, the uh, superstitions work in favor of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, as far as their uh, props go for them. Uh, Jason Zucker, I've been, I said, once you start to see his production get back after returning from the injury, uh, and we saw it against Detroit, two goals in that game, seven shots on goal. I think that's the guy right now for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. I mean, we, we, he was producing pretty well before he got injured, but then the injury kind of set him back a little bit. Uh, and I think you're going to end up seeing him get going maybe after that two goal effort against Detroit. So maybe a good prop option there for the Penguins in the game tonight. Somebody uh, in the chat it, asked a good question. Did Sid use Manscaped to uh, take care of that mustache? Did he? I hope so. And I hope <laughs> I he used the promo too. code Ice Guys uh, to go with it. Uh, you better be. You better be using our damn promo code, Sid, if you're going to go Manscaped route with that Definitely. stash. Uh, Def, I love it. Great comment there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Manscaped, we'll hear from them later in the show. But right now, we will hear from our for one of our other sponsors, Gramco, and then we'll be back with the last two games on the Friday card. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. And is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. 
you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Friday edition of the show. We got two games left, Florida and Carolina. Carolina minus 170, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, I really like the spot, the situation last night uh, for the Panthers getting a uh, Montreal team on the second of back-to-back games, and more importantly, a Montreal team that's really, really depleted on the blue line. Tons of youth, tons of inexperience uh, outside of Joel Edmondson, and Florida pounces on them for seven goals last night, including first period hat trick for Alexander Barkov in his return to the lineup following an injury absence. Uh, he was just terrific. That's how you lead as a captain. Your team is struggling. You're back on the ice and you end up uh, having that kind of an impact for the uh, Florida Panthers uh, in that game. We'll see if they carry it over here against uh, Carolina. I give Florida credit. Great win. 7-2. Does this spark a run? That remains to be seen, but I'm going to obviously need to see what they do tonight here against a much, much tougher test, much tougher challenge against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, who have obviously been on fire. Nine straight wins for the Hurricanes. Their offense is clicking. They're playing great, stingy defensive hockey uh, as well. And look, even Antiranta, who's gotten the last couple of starts because Pyotr Kochetkov has been dealing with a minor ailment here the last few games. He stepped up. Blanking his former team, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the other night in a 3-0 win. He's played pretty solid, actually, and he will be back in net tonight uh, for the Hurricanes uh, in this game. 8-2-1, like his, his record's pretty good. 2.73 goals against average, 894 save percentage for him uh, this season. Uh, Florida has not been good on back-to-backs. It's a great point by Melissa in the chat, and I was just about to get to that. Florida on the back-to-back this year is, uh, in this one, is 1-3. Uh, uh, on the second of uh, back-to-back games this season. 4-0, by the way, to the over uh, in those games for the uh, Florida Panthers. I kind of lean, uh, as much as Carolina has been very good defensively, you see what Florida's capable of with a healthy Barkov and Ekblad's back on the blue line. He gets so much offense generated with that rush, rushing the puck up the ice from the back end. You know, I could see this game maybe getting over the total. I, I might have a small look toward that. I, I, I definitely, from a side perspective, as much as I liked Florida last night, a lot of that was bet on Florida, focus out of the gate after the break. They got to start putting wins together to get back into the playoff race. But a lot of that was anti-Montreal, right? A team on a back-to-back, a lousy blue line, which is just dealing with so much youth and inexperience. I love the way Arbor Jacki is playing for Montreal. And, of course, Tom, up close and personal here, play for the Hamilton Bulldogs in junior but he shouldn't be in your second pairing right now. And I know he's getting better, but that that's where they're at right now. Montreal with their blue line. It's just that thin and full of inexperience. Florida pounced on that. I need to see them against Carolina before I'm ready. If they, if they win tonight, then I think you ride Florida. Maybe they could go get hot, get on one of those patented seven, eight, nine game win streaks that we've seen many teams uh, go on this year in the NHL, but this is going to be a taller order. The one thing though, I will say Florida, oddly enough, has played Carolina very well. In fact, five straight head-to-head victories for the Florida Panthers against the Carolina Hurricanes. So they've they've this has been a team that, believe it or not, Carolina has had issues trying to beat this Florida team. But I still like the Canes in regulation here. That's what I'm going to go with at minus 115 uh, in this game. Just playing too well at the moment. What do you think here, Alex? Florida and Carolina. Yeah, you know the history with these two teams. Like I said, it's been uh, you know mostly Panthers, but it's been a lot of overtimes too. Three of the last five meetings. Uh, have gone past regulation yep. and looking at this three-way line plus 370 i'm taking a shot here with the draw i like uh, it too i might even do that yep yeah i think this is this definitely screams like one of those battles and, and carolina is just a team getting it done on defense i mean they what second fewest goals allowed in the league right now florida you know like i said that was a, a nice turn back the clock to last season getting seven goals the hat trick in the first period uh they, they looked like the classic florida panthers uh you know offensively but how often can they string that together? Uh, I'm not sure. And the, the history between these two teams screams under. So uh, the only thing I would look at here would be the draw plus 370. I think that's a, a great value for what could easily be a 2-2 or 3-3 contest after 60 minutes. 
All right, so liking the draw. And even though I'm on the Canes in regulation, I think the draw is worth a sprinkle. I will be sprinkling on that too because you can't argue with the fact that these teams, they've played a lot of tight games. You mentioned three of the last five have gone beyond regulation uh, between the uh, uh, Hurricanes and the uh, Panthers. So uh, definitely uh, worth uh, looking maybe in that direction with the uh, draw. As far as the props go, uh, man, in terms of props, there's a lot of interesting ones here for uh, this game. First of all, on the uh, Carolina side, you know, he continued uh, Jordan Stahl right now. Uh, you know, he has been very solid all of a sudden. In fact, that whole line, Jordan Stahl's line has 19 points, eight goals and 11 assists in the last five games for the Carolina Hurricanes. So usually you're used to seeing Tara Vinan, Aho Jarvis, that line, Svechnikov, Stastny, my, my guy, Marty Natchez, who's always worth a look in terms of player props, do a lot of the production, a lot of the scoring. It's been Jordan Martin, Jordan Stahl, and Jesper Faust, believe it or not, the last several games for the uh, Hurricanes. Jesper Faust has three goals and three points in the last two games. And Jesper Faust has six points in the last five games for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's tremendous value uh, in terms of player props uh, for this game tonight for uh, Carolina. Martin Nuke, he scored in back-to-back -back games and four points in those games. Jordan Stahl has three goals in the last five games, and he has eight points in the last five games. So if you're going to look at player props, I always say Natchez is worth a look every night because he's that good, he's that consistent. But look at Jordan Stahl, look at Jordan Martinuk, and look at Jesper Faust. That line, that that's their third line, believe it or not. And they are just loading up offensively right now for the uh, Hurricanes. It's been very impressive. They're tremendously undervalued in the prop market. All three of those guys right now on that third line, Stahl, Martin, Nuke, and Faust. I would look at props with them. Uh, on the Florida side, I really liked, and I don't do many over one and a half points props, but I recommended it last night with Barkov. Back in the lineup, team needs a response. If he's the captain of the team, playing a depleted Montreal defense, and certainly I didn't expect a first period freaking hat trick from Barkov, but he easily got the two points, obviously, he needed for that prop last night. He's certainly someone I wouldn't talk anyone out of looking at tonight because he's probably going to be, you know, one of the leaders by example. But don't sleep on, you know, the, the value guys. And uh, one of them being, of course, our guy, the Listerine man, as our, one of our great listeners, uh, Cubano's Cheesecake, uh, said on Twitter, yes, E2, uh, cool mint Listerine. And he scored again last night uh, for the Florida Panthers uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And he's always worth a look right now, especially now that he's been put up on the uh, top line for the Panthers. He's also getting power play. Uh, opportunity for the Panthers as well. Uh, Lusterinen has two goals in the last three games, and he has four points in the last five games for the uh, Florida Panthers. So pretty good prop game. That kind of makes me think of the over. I'm, I like the over, and I lean the over, but I still think we could get enough goals. We could get some of these props cashing in, and it goes without saying that entire third line for the Carolina Hurricanes right now is undervalued in the player prop market with the way they've been producing lately. All right. Final game of this Friday card, Edmonton and Seattle. We've got even money, minus 110 on both sides here, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Uh, Seattle comes out of the break with a 3-2 to two loss to the uh, Calgary Flames, and the Oilers also come out of the break lose uh, to, against the Calgary Flames, but they beat the Calgary Flames by a score of 2-1 to one on just another spectacular goaltending effort from our guy, Stuart Skinner. For the Edmonton Oilers, who was outstanding again, continuing what has been a very solid season in net for him. Uh, we expect him to be in net tonight, although it has not been confirmed yet that it'll be Stuart Skinner for Edmonton. We'd expect that. It'll be Philip Grubauer uh, getting the nod for the uh, Kraken, and you're starting to see him get his number one spot back for the uh, Seattle Kraken. They're starting to play him now multiple games in a row. You're not seeing as much of Martin Jones uh, of late for the Seattle Kraken. Seattle's recent play does concern me a little bit. You know, they're giving up more shots. That that nice, tidy defensive game has kind of evaporated for Seattle during this rough 3-7 and seven stretch for them uh, in their last 10 games. I mean, they blew a big lead to Vancouver. They lost in a shootout 6-5. to five. Uh, 3-2 to Calgary the other night. He gave up 44 shots in that game. And if not for Grubauer the other night, it could have been a lot worse than 3-2. So I don't like the way they're uh, trending on the defensive side of things 
uh, right now. That's definitely concerning for me. Uh, Edmonton, on the other hand, look, uh, a tough uh, a tough win against Calgary, 2-1. to one That uh, Look, they didn't play their best, and they won largely because they got outstanding uh, goaltending from Skinner. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, though, said, hey, we got to be a lot better than that if we're going to win moving forward. So I would expect, even though Edmonton's off a win, you would expect them to want to play well again because they know they got away with one uh, against the Calgary Flames. They're going to be looking to want to play a little bit better than that uh, here tonight against the uh, Seattle Kraken. I like Edmonton here. Just it's, to me, I think there's starting to be some separation with Seattle and some of these other teams in the division. Uh, and Edmonton, I think, could be one of them. Uh, minus 110 is a reasonable price to look at the Oilers. So I do like them here in that uh, minus 110 uh, even money price range. And I like the over here uh, as well in this game, over six and a half. Here is something that I recognized and noticed in doing my research on this game. Edmonton, and this is going to be amazing, and I don't know if there's something to it, but I'll give you my theory on it. The Edmonton Oilers this season have played 10 games so far this season where they've been coming off an under in their previous game. So they have played 10 regular season games where the previous game, the game went under the total. In the game following that game, which went under the total, Edmonton has gone 9-1 and one to the over this season. An incredible, so every time, so 9 out of the 10 times Edmonton games have gone under this year, the next game they've played has gone over. And you know what that means? It means when they get into a 2-1 to one type of game like they did against Calgary the other night, which is a rarity for them, it just means they play a little looser, more wide open. They focus more on let's get our offense going again after you know only scoring one or two goals the previous game. And the result is a much higher scoring game for Edmonton whenever they play a rare low scoring game. That's an amazing trend. Nine and one to the over for the Edmonton Oilers in games following an under for them this season. And that angle is in play here tonight. Uh, with this Edmonton-Seattle game. So uh, I like over the total here, six and a half. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Oilers and Kraken? Yeah, I like over as well. In the, I like in the first period. Uh, I got plus 115, over two. Uh, Edmonton, of course, had that nine-game first period over streak snapped with a scoreless first against Calgary. I think they get back on track, and like you said, that trend, uh, that's an amazing trend to see uh, the overs cashing in after a full game under with Edmonton. But Seattle, four and two the last six. Uh, in the first period over and I don't I don't wouldn't discredit them right now I think even you know that was a tough game against Calgary uh, a bit of back and forth there were tons of chances for both teams in that game really should have been more of a 6-5 final than a 3-2 final to 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 be honest and watching that full contest I actually like Seattle here uh I got them at minus a dollar 5 I endorsed it at minus a dollar 10 earlier today uh to, to personal clients this is definitely a spot I think Seattle needs to win and if they want to stay afloat in the race this is more of a of a of a moral victory for them as well. Obviously, the two points of standings mean a lot against the division opponent. But I think for them to be able to go into the end of the year saying you know beating a team like Edmonton, the team that everybody really thought would kind of run away with uh, the Pacific Division, but now it's it's an absolute log jam. It's going to be a dogfight throughout. These games are crucial, and I think Seattle steps up here at home. I think this is a good spot. And like I said, uh, you know Skinner and Campbell. You know, we're starting to see where, you know, they're getting things in, in rhythm in due time. I don't think Edmonton's going to just, you know, completely fall off the map. But I think this is a spot where Seattle steps up uh, and gets a quality win at home. And I think it's a good price to back. All right. Like in Seattle. So uh, Alex and I head to head on the side there. But uh, uh, did you play the total? Yeah, first period. I played the first period over. Over first two plus one fifteen. Yeah. Exactly, Cass. Yeah, I know you've been taking both Alberta teams a lot over the first period. Calgary, yeah. you've been betting them a lot in the first period over. Uh, so Alex likes and Seattle. Seattle's a team I liked over. in the first period for most of the yep. year too. So exactly, and you cashed with Calgary, Seattle first period yes. over. Of course, uh, Wednesday night in that uh, TNT game. So uh, good to point that out. So first period over two. Oilers Kraken and Seattle uh, minus one ten for Alex, and for me it's Edmonton minus one ten, and it's over six and a half here at uh, around uh, minus 105 uh, with the uh, Oilers and the Kraken. This is also a game. Consider some props. Uh, Warren Fogle on the second line, I think worth a look here tonight. The Nugent Hopkins has been great, always worth a look. And here they go. They Once again, they insist on keeping Pooley-Arvey on the top line, even though he's got just two points, you know, in the last, I would say, 15 or 16 games or so. And he is still, after all this time, how the hell, 
like you, someone's got to explain this to me. How the hell do you play as long as you have this season on the top line with a guy like Connor McDavid and you're stuck on two goals? How is that possible? How is that actually a real thing that you're playing with Connor McDavid, the best friggin' player on the planet, and, and you've got a guy that's got two goals for all the number of games that yes, Apuli Arvey has been on that top line uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. It's staggering. Can't believe it. Uh, so he, part of it's he's got to get to the tougher areas of the ice to score. I think he hangs out on the periphery too much. Get to the front of the net. Look for loose change. Look for rebounds. And part of it is, look, maybe snake bit a little bit. I think that probably is part of it as well. But, you know, at some point, I think he's got to find the back of the net. But I've been burned by his props before. So a little more reluctant on that side of things. As far as Seattle goes with their uh, scoring production, uh, when you look at uh, what they're getting through their lineup right now, Wenberg, I think, is someone to uh, consider. He's stepped up. Uh, his production lately for the uh, Edmund, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Bjorkstrand and Sprong. Sprong's a very interesting consideration. Sprong is going to be on the number one power play unit uh, for the Seattle Kraken, and he has been starting to heat up lately. He has, for the Kraken, in the last seven games, uh, five goals and five points uh, in the last seven games for the uh, Kraken, and he's going to be up on the number one power play for them tonight as well. So could be a nice bargain bin option in terms of player props there. All right, great stuff. That is the Friday card. Uh, awesome to have everybody with us. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. And check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Make sure you sign up to the Patreon page. we got our daily Ice Guys show betting card posted there each day. Uh, power ratings, totals charts, goalie charts, and more. Uh, patreon.com slash iceguys. Uh, just $10 a month for that. Uh, we will be back, Alex and I, with best bets to wrap up the Friday show right after we hear from our other sponsors, our good friends at Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code ICEGUYS, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code ICEGUYS, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this. Among other things, uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof. Same thing with the Weed Whacker, which takes care of your ear hair, nose hair. I mean, nose hair in particular. You know, I'm getting up there in age, and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh makes a part of the package that you get with your manscaped purchase and the manscaped performance package 4.0 you also get the ball toner you also get the ball deodorant keep you uh smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better slim trim that's what it's all about and manscape.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys, and we are ready for best bets here for this Friday edition of the show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, you know, and this segment I have not done well in. I, I will I will be the first to admit that, as uh, people have mentioned that in the chat. But we're going to try and turn it around. You take it one day at a time. And, and this uh, day, I like Seattle and Edmonton. I like this first period over two. You can get it at $1.15. I'm seeing some one-and-a-halves at $1.45 at, M at MGM. If you have that book, I would recommend that. But I think two is fine. I could easily see this being uh, a 2-1, a 2-2 first period. 
The trends for both of these teams are strong. Nine and one last ten for the first period over for Edmonton. Four and two in the last six for the Kraken. And this is a big divisional battle. These are two teams that definitely need two points within the division for sure. So let's go Kraken Oilers. First period over two plus 115. That will be the official play and the best bet for today. All right, there it is. Edmonton, Seattle over two. First period best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, on this Friday card, my best bet, of course, Kings last night. Uh, it was a up and down roller coaster, but they found a way uh, in the shootout. They got the five four win uh, over uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we'll see if we can keep it going with the best bets. Uh, my best bet. Usually, I like to take a different game uh, if Alex uses that with the game, and uh, but I can't ignore it um, because everything else I'm lukewarm with on this card, except this one, and this one I like. We talked about it. Nine and one angle. Uh, in play. Uh, there's been 10 games Edmonton has played under this year. In the next game, after those 10 games, they've gone 9-1 and one to the over after those 10 previous unders uh, this season. That angle's in play tonight. Uh, Seattle's defensive game has kind of struggled a bit more lately. Uh, Edmonton definitely capable offensively, and, and I think Seattle can find the back of the net as well. And by the way, series history as well with these two teams. I forgot to mention that in the actual game analysis that when we did it, that uh, they've trended over the total head-to-head as well, the uh, Oilers and uh, the Kraken. Three head-to-head meetings all time since the beginning of last year when Seattle started in the NHL, all three going over the total, 5-2, 4-3, and 5-3. Uh, final scores. So let's go with that. Edmonton, Seattle, over six and a half, uh, minus 105. Uh, that's going to be my best bet here for this Friday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder the Ice Guys is live uh, seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys uh, podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back Saturday for a New Year's Eve edition of the Ice Guys, the final show of 2022. And we have a massive, and I mean a massive, New Year's Eve Saturday card to break down. Be there tomorrow, Saturday, noon Eastern, and we will break it all down on another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 